Now would I lie to you? No laugh, no laugh, no laugh. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Good Story. Story. This is our 70th episode, just wow. to let you guys know, 7-0. Seven, zero. Seven, zero. Last week it was just, last episode was just us just talking, but <laughs> we got a special guest that just drove in from the 208 state. Yes, we are, Gem State, baby. Yeah, Boise bad boys, like a, a third of them. <laughs> a third of them, a third yes. Of, a third of them. yes. So, still recruiting, still recruiting. Still recruiting. Got to come up to Idaho. Beautiful place, beautiful, beautiful place, and I love that my brother-in-law is here visiting with us, the great Harlan IU. I don't know about the great, but I'm here. Thank you very much, Lee, for having me. And, and I'm, I'm, I got a lot of things I want to talk about. But before we do, let's pay some bills. We'd like to thank our sponsors at NutriCost.com. NutriCost.com, if you have any supplements or any minerals, rolls that you want to buy you can get that on nutricost.com they have a special on lion's mane this week oh that's some good stuff yeah some mushroom i actually got a bottle uh, i haven't tried it yet, out yet but we do the elderberries that time of year get some uh apple cider vinegar gummies because i hate the real stuff and then we also want to thank bucked up bucked up is a uh energy drink based out of american fork right over here the christensen twins they're from Clearfield. It's not that you guys know that. Uh, great company. And then uh, Savage Fish, Savage Fish Poke, fresh Hawaiian raw fish poke, located right here in State Street, right across from the mall, University Mall. So oh, if you want to pick up and get a deal on that, if you pick up your poke from 5 to 7 and you say, good story, you get 25% off. Uh, who else am I missing? Oh, Blander Financial. They're the ones that blessed my son and a few other players with free cars. Uh, Blander Financial, so send a shout-out to them. And if you want to be a sponsor or a title sponsor for Good Story, please contact us or DM us on any of our neutral, uh, sorry, any of our social media sites. And I think that's it. All, all right. right. Got them all, I think. I think we paid some bills, but I got to tell you, this morning, I'd like to thank my, my father-in-law, Junior IU. He sent us some... Some pork cash and some manapua, mm, baked mm, and mm. steamed from a Chinese uh, place in Chinatown. I don't even know the name. I, I could look on the box, but I won't. But this stuff is good grinds. And I've been married to my wife almost 30 years. 20, I know my wife's going to get mad about this, but since 96, so however long that's been. But this is the this morning was the first time I actually ate some pocket cake and soda. <laughs> And uh, let me He's just tell you, converted. He's it, been converted. It, it, it's an acquired <laughs> taste. So if you guys don't know what pocket cake is, they call it tea, tea cake, tea cakes. Yeah, Chinese tea cake. Chinese tea cake. And like I said, uh, my my co-host right now is Harlan Ayu, <laughs> and he just strolled in here like like a like like a cat just walked in here creeping. We didn't even know he pulled a fast one. He's supposed to be surprising. So by the time you guys listen to this episode, the surprise is already going to be over. But happy birthday to my. Bag. Happy birthday to my brother-in-law, Josh, my my partner in mixing. and The Josh. The Josh. When he was gone to Hawaii for a month, I didn't do anything but just stayed home and read my scriptures. And again, we said good story. That's what we're all about. <laughs> good story. So, Har, tell us, tell us a little bit about who you are oh. and, uh, you know, where you've been. And- well, I'll tell you where I'm at right now and what we're doing. We're in uh, Boise, Idol, just outside in a small town called Middleton. Been there for about 27 years, man. I've been there for a minute now. Yep. Wow. Myself and uh, was blessed to be married to Jen Cadby. We've been married for 16 Love years. Love you, Jen. Going on 17 years. And I'll probably get corrected too, but 
Um, it's been a great life. We've been blessed. We have six kids, and they're all grown up. And Great kids, beautiful yeah, kids. Beautiful babies. They're making babies now, too, so that makes us happy. Oh, you're older? <laughs> yes, sir. But we've been out in Middleton for a little bit. Fast life. We worked in law enforcement, and my wife worked as an employment specialist and volunteered in a couple different places. And so we combined it and kind of created a program similar to what's going on here in uh, in Utah. Yeah, that's what that's what I want to hear. I want to hear about what Har's doing right now and the type of business he's doing because it, I'm so proud of him. He's doing oh, a lot of good things. Much. But tell us a little bit about what you guys started up in Idaho and how long have you been doing this type of uh, business? We've been doing it since '08. You know, it's all been inspired by just our home back in Hawaii. And and then to see um, my brother Leroy and sister uh, Tamara starting a program up here in Idaho, or excuse me, in Utah. We kind of, they were really helpful in uh, helping us get started up there. The state rules and laws, of course, if anybody does this kind of business, know it's all different. But the concept, the idea, and the organization part was definitely He's giving us too much credit. No, he's giving us too much. He's giving, he's giving us too much credit. But the thing is, they trailblazed this business in in uh, Idaho, and uh, it's a program that's benefited so many people at risk youth, uh, at risk adults, uh, special needs, all these different things. That is a service that it's a need in the United States, especially with the the state of the the United States right now. Oh man, it is. It has become definitely. Uh, we become more aware of the needs that we have for our mental health and the caring of that and what that looks like. And it's not something that we sweep under the rug anymore. It's something that can be spoken about and should be in order for us to be able to have the health that we need to be of support to each other. You know, part of our goal is to be able to clothe the needy, right? Clothe the naked, feed the needy and provide shelter. And that's kind of been what our mission has been. And those Christ-like things that um, you got to do. When you're truly... We've been blessed to be of service to so many people, and they've blessed us in return. And we get a chance to bless others who work with us that are like-minded, that are like-hearted, mm. that really, really put um, the people that we have in our care um, first. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll start at the beginning. In 08, we opened up. That was our first, uh, you know, we are MANA. And I'll get a quick plug in. It's manaohana.org. Manaohana.org. If you guys are curious to see what we're doing, hit us up. If it's something you think we can help you with in your communities, let us know. It's a, just a conversation that we would love to have, and we would love to come and visit and see if we can help you set something up out there wherever you are. And they're always looking for great people that love to feel fulfilled when they leave because this job is not even just about the mm-hmm. money. It's it, Man, it, the services they provide, man, mm-hmm. I, I'm proud to be. Oh, thank you, brother. Well, it's everything that we've done, and we've just found a way to be able to pro- provide a living for our family with it now. We started in 08. We started at a high school called Middleton High School, and we started with an after-school program. We're a nonprofit and became part of a program called Valhalla. Mm. And um, part of that program was teaching kids how to find work. And with my wife's experience, almost 15, 20 years of experience in employment uh, services. She was able to put a program together that we use that helped teenage kids prepare themselves for the workforce or whether it be for a workforce or education or a trade school, we were able to help them kind of plan out their next step. Um, fortunate to be in a small community like Middleton, where when we were first there, it was probably 20,000 or maybe, sorry, excuse me, about 10,000. And now it's close to 30. Wow. Just in our little city. 
But when we first got there, everybody knew everybody. And so we were able to support these young people kind of getting into the community and, and getting their jobs started and their, their lives started. The percentage of high school graduates that were going into secondary education was very low, very high in trade, very high in employment. So we wanted to give them their best opportunity. Tell, tell me, like, with the listening audience, I'd like to thank our listening audience. We, we're actually up to 14 countries now we're being That's listened to. News. But what were some of the the things that most high school seniors or people that were graduating from, from high school, what were the biggest trials that you saw that that they they were going through to transition into the adult world? It's that's a good question. And and there was a question that was asked of us and how we would be able to support these young people in getting over that hump. Um and it really does have a lot to do with their family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really does have a lot to do with the examples that were set before them. It really does have a lot to do with the people that were in their lives kind of supporting them in what they were doing and communication for any young person is not easy, right? For anybody, period. If you're not comfortable shaking somebody's hand, looking them in the eye, a majority of the times because you're not prepared, right? Right. You get into a situation to where you're prepared, you have a little more confidence. I mean, even if you stumble over yourself the first couple of times, it's okay, right? It's all part of that practice. It's all part of that growth. It's all part of that understanding uh, what you can and can't do, right? So part of that was uh, giving them an opportunity to do a 15-second me. And that we worked on that a lot. And so we teaching them to have a little bit of confidence. Yeah. Hello, my name is. These are the things I'm interested in. And it comes in. with practice. Yes, it does. Repetition, and repetition, repetition, repetition. That was one of the things I was thankful for the IUs when we got, when I first married uh, into the IU family, was they did a lot of uh, practice. Repetition. Repetition. <laughs> I like they always called on somebody to speak or conduct mm. in these different family functions. And it, yeah. it could get very intimidating, especially if you're a young kid that's not used yes. to that. Uh, but that's the way that, that life works, especially in the adult world. If you're not able to, you know, that whole saying, the quiet child doesn't get fed. Mm. So if it's not practiced in your own home, that's yeah. not, not something that you're common with. So that's something that, that was a, 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 a task that you guys help or uh, something that you help kids get it over that that yes you know so just training. getting them understand because we would practice it with each other we would practice it in a mirror we would practice it videotaping them so they could see their oh. mannerisms and they can kind of critique themselves right and it was a great activity and it was a year-long program so we would be able to get them started we start with the resume what have you done right and i've never had a job before have you ever cut a lawn Oh, yeah, I cut lawns. Okay, that's a first job. Uh, have you ever babysat? Oh, I babysat. Oh, that's your first job. Right. It proves that you have some responsibility. It proves that you can be counted on. Some skills. Some skills and understanding of following directions, right, and being able to complete a task. Mm. And so it was a neat experience. And then we would see these kids graduate over the period of time that we were with that program. And you just you just sit back and see them now, and it's been since 08, that we started that program. We, we were there at the high school for four, three and a half, four years, three, mm. three to four years. Um, when that, that, that funding ran out, we moved on, right? Uh, or we went our separate ways and they had other people doing it a different way. They took our program really and they just used it now at the high school and they didn't have to pay us to do it, which is fine. Yeah. It's uh, something that they can use and they can uh, help the kids with. And at now, least give you guys some props. Ah, well, the, the props is that we get to see these kids be successful. Right? Man, I'm going to call up there and see, <laughs> see if we can get a plaque up. No, you know? man. We were we we're so happy to see those kids do so well. And 
But that's what I mean. Trailblazing in, in Idaho, that was something that you guys implemented there. Now they're able to use it. Yeah. Now, these many years later, what now as as it's grown, as mm. uh, Mana has grown, you guys have moved into other spaces. Correct. So the progression from the high school went into working with health and welfare. Mm-hmm. And in the health and welfare program, they have an 18 and older group that are just aging out of foster care. And at 18, they give them a piece of paper saying, here are your services. We can help you with three months of rent. Good luck finding a place. Not necessarily that drastic, but very. Um, so these kids come from families that are either incarcerated or. They're- oh, no, not this group of people. Okay. This foster group of people were just youth that were in foster care. Because of something that had happened in their family, they needed to be placed in another home. Okay, so they weren't with their families. They were okay. not. So at the age of 18, they are now considered adults, and they can no longer have any interaction with the um, origin family of their foster care, if that right. makes any sense. Well, just because our, our listening audience, they're probably thinking, what is a foster? Oh, gotcha. So we're explaining a foster kid mm-hmm. that's going to be an adult. I don't mm-hmm. know what they're called. What are they called after that? Aged out? Independent living. Independent living, correct. Aged out independent living. Um, These are terms here in Utah, so I guess they're the same. Mm -hmm. So when a kid is taken from their family, it's something that's not of their Yeah, mom and dad did something that needed to have them be taken care of by By another family of the state. Yes, and so when they age out, that means they're at 18 years old. Now they've got to find out what am I going to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And so part of that program was us preparing them for that 18th year. Mm -hmm. So we would get young people at 16 and 14, and then we'd start them with our after-school program material that we had used and developed. Um, And we'd put them through the ropes with that. We know we'd teach them. We'd have classes every Wednesday. On budgeting. Yeah. Uh, Oh, my gosh. Budgeting, keeping Mm. your finances, and understanding where to put your money for your bills and what real money looks like, right? But even before that, you got to help them find what their skills are, what kind of job they can do. Correct. Because sometimes our kids will get there and they feel like, I don't want to flip burgers. They don't. They don't. They all think that they will be able to achieve these things, but they need some practice. Right. And so some of the kids were really prepared. Some of the young adults were really prepared uh, to do the work, and some were not. Um, They had come from some tough situations. They had seen their parents do different things that got them ahead for a period of time until the law caught up to them. So they were kind of in that life still. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we just started, uh, as we started working with them, there was a need for housing. So we went out and found a couple agencies that would be willing to work with us to help us house these adult individuals with supervision. Mm. And so that grew. Uh, we did that for probably a good five years, uh, working with the independent living program in the state of Idaho in District 4 and 3. And they were great to work with because they knew what we were trying to do. Uh, we were grateful that there were funds available for us to do what we needed to do. Um, and there was some um, accountability uh, for the individuals that were in our program um, to be able to receive the funding they needed. They needed to ch- check off these tasks. And as they did, they found success and they moved on. And some didn't, some did. And so, you know, we kind of just rolled the wave with those guys and right. tried to help them. And in that process we were able to get into the doors of the juvenile justice system in the state of Idaho, which was a huge blessing to us because now these young individuals um, were found to be guilty of a crime. It's hard for me to say that it is their fault um, because of the situations that a lot of them come from. You read the docket, you Mm -hmm. read the packet that comes. Because the kids, it's not their control that they grew up in that particular environment. So sometimes they're a product of their environment. Correct. But, at the same time, 
a company like yours will come in, give these guys a shot. But before, like like we were talking about when we first started talking, there's a lot of the stuff starts at home. It does, and they're learned behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're exposed to drugs, Correct. gangs. Even in Idaho, they have lots of gangs in Idaho. They do. Every drug that they have in big cities yeah, are found in, in Idaho. Um, and that creates a, 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 um, a youth group that are so accustomed to that they're almost, um, I want to say, you know, they, they're almost, uh, what do you call it? Oblivious to what el- whatever else is coming on. Like they, they're used to it. They, they, they've seen it. So that's like, oh, he smokes weed. Who cares? It's you know, so norm. it's a norm, right? It's Correct. a norm. So it really is something that I didn't really understand until working with these young men and young women that this was all they ever knew. Yeah, right. And then I come from a place where all I've ever known was uh, because of the example of my loved ones is to be of service to somebody right. or try to find a way to help them succeed, right, and help them be uh, productive. And so it was a very different uh, mentality. And then being raised in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it was that type of um, having that that faith also helped with our growth. Right? But a lot of times, too, with having those types of upbringing, it's mm-hmm. hard not to judge. Correct. So a lot of these kids, they'll come in, and they're both sides. The kid that's struggling, that have been exposed to those uh, drugs and gangs and violence and domestic violence and you know all these different things, it's hard for them to trust somebody that is, you know, grew up in a different way mm-hmm. because they feel like he can't relate to me. Yes. And that's very common. They'll see, um, and I'll, I'll share a, a little bit of, of my past to be able to help, um, I guess, open up some doors to speaking about mental health and speaking about um, addiction and speaking about the need for us to be open and honest about where we've been and what we're doing in order for these young people to see that there is a way out. Because communication is key. Period. And and having them be able to see, feel, and hear uh, who you are, because they're great. I mean, they can see right through you. Oh, yeah. I mean, growing up in the stories and the times that we've spoken, we we know what our upbringing was, and we knew when somebody walked in the room if we was going to be able to, okay, I believe this cat, or I can see He's a he's good just, story. Yeah, or he's a good story. <laughs> I mean, it's fast. You pick up on it because you've seen and felt the hurt that you've experienced because of interactions with individuals in your past. So having an opportunity, uh, I've dealt with addiction. I've worked through addiction. I'm working through addiction. And all those things have been a part of what's given me some stability in my life with being open about talking about it and with being open about sharing about it. And with my family, um, this is not something they haven't heard. um, And it's not something that I'm ashamed of. Um, it's something that's given me growth and an opportunity to help others. So that's what I use it as now. So in sitting down with these kids or these young men and young women and sharing with them your story, a bit of it so that it can be heard and they can see that there's a way out has been a huge, huge, it's played a huge impact on us being able to, and not that I'm the only one that can do it. And we have many different people in our organization that have lived different lives and have not had the same experiences that I have or you have, but they've made a connection with these individuals in a right. way that nobody else could have right. had they not come through the program, right? If they're open and accepting, it can happen, right? And I, and I can only speak for myself. Like, I surround myself with people that I feel I'm comfortable with. You know what I mean? That's kind of like what everybody does. 
And so I think a lot of the young kids that come around, they're, they're going to be more open to people that are similar to what they have experienced because regardless of whatever we are trying to push our agenda on these young kids, they're going to want to, they're going to want to open up who they feel they want to open up to and at their time. So this is uh, very true. That is so, I mean, yeah, because they've sat in those circles, they've sat in those classes and um, they've listened to other people try to tell their story and, you know, they're, they're talking about uh, what they learned in the book. Mm-hmm. Right, as compared to you know when but I was you fourteen, yeah, you lived this, yeah. And what then, you read about is what I lived, yeah. And, and so, so to have that, yeah, and I, and I, I. Okay, see, let me just say this: not that having that understanding and education from your textbooks is not a value, um, and at different times it is very important to have those things because it's a combination of all those things and all those people that make a difference in the lives of these individuals, right? And I'm not minimizing anybody's experience whether it be through education and their desire to be of help and service to others but but having to understand what those shoes feel like yeah yeah it takes uh it takes a little longer have you having read it from a book than having actually walked it because a, a kid is going to be more uh accepting of a person that they know like he used to live next door to me yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. or he yeah. was in my house yeah you know versus mm-hmm. somebody that's like hey you know what i just read your docket this is what we see and even though with the experience, but the, what I'm getting at is I find that a lot of people that get into this type of a business, they treat it as such, like it's a business. Yeah. Whereas a lot of kids, if they see that you care, it becomes a better business. Yeah. And it doesn't take much. No. It doesn't take much sitting down and, and shooting the crap with the kids and just laughing right. and teasing a little bit and keeping it, you know, just jovial and and helping them see that it's not always so serious man you can because even in life yeah. when we were on on missions what did they just to let you know is no i i did serve a lds <laughs> mission just so you guys know ditto and there, and there was a a little principle that they uh they taught you it was called brt building the relationships relationships of trust, of trust. Yep. and then also leading into that was building on common beliefs mm-hmm. so a lot of these kids and it's true to this day even when you're talking to a ceo Versus a, a guy, just a regular guy, just walking at the mall. When you build on common beliefs, there is that building of relationships of trust because you're like, oh man, he watches, he watched cartoons too. Yeah, I watch cartoons, you know, or or stuff like that. Oh, you listen to rap music, and that's another thing too. We're talking about. So your program, you also help people or kids and adults find career. Correct. You know, you mold them into things like because everybody wants to be a rapper. Everybody yes. wants to be a, a NFL, NBA. MLB professional athletes. Everybody yes. wants to do. Yes. But then you gotta narrow it. Like, look, you're probably not gonna be that if you're five foot four. No. You know? But but do you wanna be in that industry? Right. So let's go find an avenue for you to be in that industry, right? And there's so many job opportunities. Exactly. And that's a great part of what we were doing or to add on to that was we would start building on the skills. We would invite them to write down what they're what they want to be, mm-hmm. and then we would say, "Okay, what kind of job can you get in that field?" Oh, I want to be a doctor, but do you even know what a hospital is? Oh, right. yeah. Okay, maybe you can get a job. As, and this is as how we showed it to them. Oh, why don't you go try to be a receptionist or work as a janitor so you can see all the ins and outs of mm-hmm. what's going on there to be and, in the environment? Yeah, be in the environment, and then go to school to then gain your education to become a tech. And then from a tech, you know, get into a different field. And then if you want to, well, I like x-rays. I think that's a cool, well, let's go get you looking into what you can do there and what schooling looks like and where you can do it. 
how much it costs, what your FAFSA is going to be like, do you have an opportunity to pay for it? So all those things that, you know, uh, all the groundwork, the legwork is something that they are able to do. They're young, they're uh, available to, to make those decisions, and they can get out there and do the work, right? So that is true. Trying to find that career um, and, and understanding the next step for them, if it really is what they want. You know, everyone wants to be a doctor or right. a lawyer. What mm-hmm. kind? Right. Like, oh, I, what, what do you mean? I thought all doctors did A, B, and C. Well, no, there's A, B, and then there's AA, and then there's BB, and there's CC. There's all kinds of stuff that you can do. And maybe you don't want to see blood. Maybe you just want to be able, maybe you'd rather be in mental health, or maybe you'd rather be in administration. Maybe there's right. so many careers. So that was fun. That is something that we do still today with some of our um, groups that we have. Um, and so you were talking about building on the relationships of trust and building on common ground. There was a lot of things that the kids went through that I had no idea. Um, and if they were open to share, I would ask. I would say, are you open to sharing with me what that was like or what you went through or why or do you understand where you're at? And man, I sat down and was educated. I don't know how many different times I was educated by these young people. And just and just for them to, to share that, and to see that I was receiving it, truly, honestly receiving it, it, it and then that built our relationship, right? Right, Because now they had something of value that helped me understand them a little bit better, or life in general and how to treat people. I made the mistake and, and uh, belittled one of the young individuals that came to our program. And it was a learning experience for me. He sat me down and says, okay, I feel like you're trying to belittle me. <laughs> And I, and I was, and it was not a good thing. It wasn't a healthy thing for me to do. And he broke down these steps of communication for me. If wow. somebody ever treats me that way, I asked them three questions. Were you aware that that hurt my feelings? Or were you just trying to be funny? Or um, what was the third one? Uh, were you aware that hurt my feelings? Were you trying to be funny? Or were you just trying to be mean? Mm. Oh, he, he put me back. I was like, golly, I was just trying to be mean. Kidding, just joking. I know. <laughs> but <laughs> okay, just, sorry, Eva. <laughs> it was a very, very humbling experience. You for say, me. Okay, then you win then. <laughs> and I forever have remembered that. And that's something that I, I shared with my wife uh, Jen. We're not making light of this, but no. that's that's a strong that's a strong powerful. thing. Cause, powerful. Yeah, talking about feeling, you know, <laughs> Just so small. And the kid was at my waist. I mean, the kid was a little dude, but he wasn't afraid to share this with me because it meant enough for him to share it with me so that we would be, we would have an understanding. What? Like beef. (laughs) What? You know, like a a really, you know, I've been out on the streets for a little bit, you know, growing (laughs) up, but a really wise person that I've met on the street that just like, I, I used to go, my, when we were growing up, my dad would always send us to the store to go grab half and half for the, for the soccer. So gotcha. I'd always go to this liquor store. Because in Cali, everybody calls it a liquor store. So it's really a corner store. But the liquor store has milk, whatever, whatever. Right. Anyways, right over there, this African-American man, very old, he used to tell me. He told me, and it stuck in my mind even to this day, but I've kind of tweaked it a little bit. He said, you know, what everybody talks about, don't be a product of your environment. And gotcha. if you are a product of your environment, copy that. On whatever you're going to do. Gotcha. So at first I really didn't think about it. But when you think about it now, we're talking about stuff like this. Like you're talking about kids 
learning skills, yeah. kids that are coming from environments. Mm-hmm. There's also a flip side to that. If you want to be a CEO or a person that knows, let's say, like how you said, if you want to work in a hospital as a doctor, correct, go work in that environment. Yeah. So the kids that we looked up to, or the people we looked up to when we were growing up, were in an environment that was a, a totally different environment. But if you wanted to be part of that environment, that's who you wanted to kick it with. Yep. Very so true. So now, on the flip side, if you want to be a professional athlete, you want to be somebody that's that's involved in people that are successful and they've proven it. You are who you surround yourself with. Very true. Yeah. So if you want to be a successful car salesman, go get a job washing cars over yes, there. You hear the verbiage. Mm-hmm. Very you hear true. the things that are going on. So as a, as a hustler, even on the, on the, the lower end, I, sh- I don't want to say lower end because entry level, right? If you're on the streets, you want to learn from the people that are in the streets. If mm-hmm. you're in the, the boardroom of CEOs and stuff like that, you want to get coffee, right? Yeah. I'm going to go grab a bagel yeah, for get everybody get those, get and listen right. to what's yeah. going on. Very true. And so, these are the Just things be that, in the room, right? With young kids, you want to be able to, cause I'm not saying you can't be a rapper, but what you got, you might want to be the street team guy first. That's just passing mm, out flyers right. and it reaches up and you hear those stories all a lot. So if you want to be successful in a, in a field that you want to be in, you want to be plumbers, make a lot of good money. Oh, Trade great, people make a lot of great, money. Great Hang out with them. Yep. Get, get to know what's going on out there. So that's a great formula that mana, is doing in Idaho that really is, is common sense for a lot of people, but sometimes kids don't find, they don't know where the first step is. It's difficult. It right. is. And, and the fortunate thing with being in business over these past couple of years, you do get to develop a network, right? Right. You develop people or you develop an opportunity in, in going to these meetings and, and knocking on the doors um, uh, and asking if one of our youth can be, um, can shadow, Right. And these are people that we have in our community that we've had relationships with over the years that are very aware of what we're doing and are always asking, how can we be of help? Right. Some of them don't have the ability to take time off work to come work in the homes with the kids, but to have them come over for uh, on a Thursday and a Friday at the end of the week or even at the beginning to kind of go through certain things uh, with what they do at work. Man, it's so enlightening. And some of the kids, I don't want nothing to do with that. Right. Or man, that just jazzed me up. I'm gonna go become um, somebody that's involved with the law, right? So, yeah. So now that you've seen kids go through your program, mm-hmm. have you seen them come back? So and, this and, is and where some success stories. And- these are the happy and sad moments of Mana, right? Um, unfortunately, we've had to go through a few funerals, mm, right? Sad. And um, we get emotional about that uh, because it, you never stop wondering where you could have impacted. But then you start thinking how grateful you were that you were a part of this young person's journey, um, and their choices were theirs. And they're young, young, cho- young, yeah. young people that yeah. have decided to make other choices. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you see the ones that have their families, right? And that when they come through, they hey, can we stop by the office and say, oh hi. man, they even if we're not there, we ask them to come by so we can take a picture if that's okay with them, um, or you know, we send them to lunch or something along those lines to. To let them know, social media has been a great way for us to stay connected with these young right. people. Um, and whenever we have events, uh, like we have a masquerade ball uh, coming up in November that we've invited everybody that's ever been a part of our program and current uh, attendees to come. Uh, whatever, dress up however you want to. And we have little masks. I mean, so those types of things in the activity we try, or in the community, we try to involve our past participants. Mm-hmm. And some come and some don't, right? And right. 
some activities we can't have young kids, so we have others, right? So those types of things. We have a great um, HR department led by a young a woman named Amy Kringle, and she's been a huge asset to us. Um, we've had office managers, Karen Burton, and maybe I shouldn't say their last names, but um, they've been with us since 2013, Karen. Um, and she's been a huge part of, of our success and right. the development of well, our I mean, business. We're, we want to be able to plug your, your, yeah, your program because if you're in Idaho, and especially this is not just for <laughs> Thank you. for kids that are in the state custody, but you guys can probably do some private uh, work too with with mm-hmm. people that are in need in the, the, the community yeah. that, that need – you know, even parents, you guys do not only because reunification is the goal, but if they're kids that can't go back, that's also an option. But sometimes you want to see kids get back to their families and want to build a relationship if you can. You so know? I appreciate you bringing that 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 very point up. And we found that that was something that happened to us as these young people were coming out of our program and they're wanting to mend all those past wounds, right? And helping the family unit. Because these kids, or these young people, they come out of program and they got all this positive stuff coming. You know, they got all these ways to learn how to communicate. All these ways to learn how to stay away from drugs. But they're going right back to a family full of that same behavior. Right. They've not gone through the program. They've not had the breakthroughs that these people have had. Or these individuals that start with us have had. And so it's difficult. So we started a counseling service to add on to the youth service. So mm. now we have a total to give them of, a support system. Ex- exactly. And and then to have a trained professional be able to provide that for them. Uh, we started uh, with a, a counselor. His name is Jerry Lilly. Love, love Jerry. Um, he has been a, a, we can't thank him enough. If I could plug Jerry, 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 Jerry all day, I would, uh, because he helped us see, um, what we could be doing more. Mm. And at first we're thinking, man, we're doing a lot, you know, but then we saw that this was an integral part of the healing process for these individuals to continue their path in a positive way, right? And it's getting reintegrated with the family and it's getting reintegrated with someone they may have had a offense against or uh, if that was even possible, depending on what their legal status was. So now currently at Mana, we have two offices, three offices, and we have 17 full-time counselors. Right. Yeah. And they're working with the people in the community. For, at first, it was just um, kids coming out of the program. Right. Yeah. And then it was, well, we need to help their families. And then as we're helping their families, we see that there's um, their brother or younger sister that's struggling with addiction right. or struggling with some other issue that needs to be, or they've been diagnosed with something. And then how do we care for them then? So the counseling became a huge part of what we be what we became or are becoming, and then from there it led into uh, working in a, a rehab, a residential rehabilitation right. or habilitation um, services uh, to be able to help individuals that are in need uh, of supports, and and so that's where we're at now, right? So, so it's a. It's a one call. That's all. Kind of. We, a place, we, yeah, you know? No, it turned out yes, and, and it's a full wraparound service. And this is, is a term that you that I remember you using when you were talking about when you guys started your program here in uh, Utah was to provide that wraparound service. And so, mm-hmm. through that example that you had offered to me, I was like, man, that just makes sense. And then I tell you what, my wife is such a strong business mind, and she is so sharp. There's no way that I could have done this on my own, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she has the ability to to see things and hear things that I don't, and I'm so grateful 
uh, that we have that balance and that we can take care of each other that way. And, you know, I when she cannot she's, wait till Jen hears this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't brag enough about my wife and how grateful I am. She has been such an integral part in keeping Mana together. I've had some health issues. I've had some physical issues that kind of put me on the back burner. And everything was in place for her to, well, not everything was in place, but we had all these parts. And she just found a way to put them all together in a way that just works so harmonious with what our mission is, right? To be able to feed the needy, right? Clothe the naked and and shelter those who are in need of shelter. And it's just been a huge plus uh, just to have somebody that can say no uh, and say yes when we really should have said no and have that, that insight uh, that I don't have, right? And I, I can't stop. I, I I brag about my wife all the time, and I I want I put her up for all these awards. We, we all brag about her. <laughs> I love thing this is, girl. <laughs> the, the thing with Jen is too is like you you touched on it is that she's able to see and be in tune with things that other people would miss. Yes, you know. Very so true. there's a lot of a lot of intricacies, and and I've listened to her talk too with it, and I'm like, man, I didn't, I didn't really didn't think about that. Yeah. You know, so she's had a great uh, journey in her life and in, in her upbringing and her growth and her experiences. We just lost her father uh, just a while ago, and it was it's taken a big toll on our family. But his story and his journey, we've learned more and more about him uh, as we've gone to to be in his home in, in Buffalo and, and to be around his people and his family. Mm. And it's been a blessing for us to to see that because it you know it it lifts Jen. Mm. And that's what she needs to know all these positive things. And she's always known them about her father, but to hear other people speak of him in the way of him being loving and kind. And so we know where she gets it from. And her mother has always been involved in, uh, in programs um, that have been in, that have incorporated um, different groups as far as needs and helping them and trying to find ways for them to be productive. So there's, there's opportunities there that she's, or excuse me, not opportunities. She took advantage of of all the things that she had learned, and is learning or are learning. And she she's amazing, man. She is amazing. She is, and we so we we had an opportunity to like sit down at the early stages of what uh, Mana became. But to it makes me proud to see such growth. That's why I always oh, ask, you, "How are you guys doing? How are you guys doing?" Because <laughs> it's exciting to us to see the growth, and then to be able to see like where you guys are at now. And, I, and I'll tell you this, Jen, she, she has to be sharp, but also at the same time, she has to tolerate you. So we, we <laughs> you were know, thankful for her. I have a room that they put me in when it's time for me to be <laughs> you know, quiet. Nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> Except well, for Jen. Go put that big baby mouth in the corner. So no, I love you, Jen. Oh, thank you. There, there's, a, there's a lot of things that we can say about Jen, but the best thing that I like about her is her sense of humor. Oh, jeez. And so... You won't you won't find a more honest. Yes. Uh, it's one of those. Uh, you just gotta laugh because Jen's just straight up. Just she's just straight tells you to you straight. So <laughs> her her daughters are just as strong as she is, and I'm grateful that my babies are the way they are. And it, it's hilarious. But <laughs> you know, you got either you gotta be you got either gotta move with it or get left behind. <laughs> you either ride with us or collide <laughs> with us. <laughs> That's what exactly it is. So. Anyways, man, I'm so happy that we're oh, able to thanks get. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. To have to have Har on here and to be able to, you guys got to come out to Idaho and check Please. out this program because come out. Let's there's talk. a there's a a need in every state for what they're doing because it, it all starts from the home. And if you can't 
if things are not because you're not gonna have a perfect home nobody has a no, perfect home. nobody does so when you need help you gotta have resources to go because sometimes we get people on here and we just talk about the problems and, but we gotta have a solution mana has an opportunity to be able to oh, find you. your solution but also recognize the problem and then connect the two because that's when healing starts. Man, I just I just oh, I just be coming goodness. up with some stuff, well, man. I tell you what, we've been touched for sure by the hand of God to be able to do this kind of work and I'm grateful that he's the biggest influence in our lives. Because things don't happen by chance. No, God's hand is always in it. Things don't happen by chance. Amen. So Amen. We have a we had a great time talking to my brother oh, on here. Thank you everybody. And he's supposed to be here surprising people so when people hear this episode <laughs> the surprise is over so he came here for yosua's uh uh-huh. birthday and to see his mom my beautiful mother-in-law came from hawaii uh the to visit Mapuana. yep so she's here missing the pcc 60th anniversary oh shucks but you know well, i just want to say one more thing before we end please we, please do i just want to thank we have my daughter maya she's working with us my son mickey and quinny have worked with us in the past and we have Ted, my oldest boy. He's in the office with us right now. And they are such a great and integral part of what we're doing. I'm grateful that they're here with us and, and doing what we're doing. And um grateful to have my son Braxton. And, and Peyton's going to have his first uh, child and Braxton with his three. And just to have them around in that circle really gives us the juice we need to continue to do what we do. And, you know, I, I hope that if there's a need for them to use our services in the future, we can definitely provide that for them. But I just want to make sure my family knows how much I love them and how important they are to me and how grateful I am that they are a part of my life. And I love all six of you and plus your loved ones and all my babies that you guys are bringing on. And uh, make sure I tell my wife that uh, you are my queen and I love you. Mana Ohana. <laughs> dot so, org. Dot org. <laughs> Represent. Dial us up. Come just, check us out. He just shot everybody else. I feel like an award <laughs> ceremony right there. As my brother-in-law is feeling emotional, we're going to take this out. Thank you again for visiting us on Aloha. another episode of Good, Good Story. Story.